Hello and welcome to episode one of Where Do We Go From Here? I'm one of your hosts, Debbie Abraham. And I'm Jessica van der Weingart. Where Do We Go From Here is a podcast that untangles sexual ethics for a new generation of Christians. To find out more, check us out at wheredowegopod.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at wheredowegopod. Thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be introducing ourselves and this podcast. Jess and I will be joined by Lindsay Kay, who's one of our team, and she's going to be introducing herself to you as well. But before we do that, one of the best ways you can support our podcast is by hitting that subscribe button in your podcast app and leaving us a nice review. Now let's get into our show. Hello and welcome to episode one of Where Do We Go From Here? a podcast where we seek to untangle sexual ethics for a new generation of Christians. Thanks so much for joining us on this, our first episode. We're hoping this week to just introduce ourselves and share with you why you should tune in next week and why you should keep tuning in to where do we go from here, what you might learn, the things that we're going to uncover and discuss, and why it is that we've decided to do this podcast in the first place. So, Debbie, where did this? Uh, where did the idea of this podcast really come from? Sure. Well, I think I'm sure each of us would have different uh, a different reason for why it's important. But I think you know, I'm 37 years old. I grew up in a conservative evangelical household. My parents were missionaries. I was a missionary kid. Went to an American missionary school, missionary kid school in the Philippines while also being in a youth group in a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas and then a Christian university in Arkansas. And even though I'm Sri Lankan, um, my experience of my childhood and teen years was very much baptized in the language and experience of purity culture. So modesty talks, um, talks about sex and STDs and unexpected pregnancies and why those are bad things and the the conversation around dating why dating is bad why you should court instead and don't give away your heart those were kind of that's the language that i grew up in and i think for a lot of us who grew up in that culture um, as we have gone into our 30s and early 40s or late 20s we've had so many different experiences that that um, childhood and teenage years did not prepare us for so I know for a lot of you and for a lot of us, you've experienced divorce, um, marriage, uh, the sort of idea of you save yourself for marriage and then you get a hot sex life. Those promises just didn't work out for some of us. Um, for others of us, I think you're single much longer uh, than we thought it would. I mean, nobody, nobody teaching um, premarital sex workshops in the 80s and 90s could have predicted that there would be dating apps um, and could have predicted, you know, what social media is like today. So we're navigating a world that is very different. And I think for a lot of us, you've got kids and you want your kids to grow up with a different narrative than the one you grew up with. And certainly for me, that's a big part of it. I've got two sons. I want my sons to know about consent and um, agency. I want them to feel a sense of responsibility for their lives and for their choices. And I think that's really why one of the main um, aims of our podcast is equipping people. I feel like the environment that we grew up in was one where there were arbiters of truth. So there were people that we trusted to say, 
tell us how to live and tell us what to do. And those people wrote books, they preached, they were on a speaking circuit, they made a lot of money, I think. I assume the True Love Waits movement with their purity ring sales made a lot of money. Oh, it was the purity rings, it was the t-shirts, it was the bangles, it was the... Bible. The, the Bible. Yeah. All of the merchandise that went along with the message. That's right. It's a lot, <laughs> yeah. Well, can you be pure without the swag, I think is the, the you know... Tattoos. Oh, a tattoo. Okay, I've not heard that one. So I, I think, yeah. So I think, I, I think there's a need um, to say, to push back on that idea that there are only certain people who can tell us how to live. And to push back, but to say, I have a life. I get to make choices for my life. So even now as a married woman with children, I get to make decisions about my life. It's not my pastor telling me how to live, uh, but it's me making those decisions. And so we want, we want to be part of a culture that is creating um, tools for people to go away and make decisions. So we, you're not going to hear us on this podcast saying, I kissed dating goodbye was wrong. Here is what's right. Yeah. Date in this way instead. Mm. But instead, we hope you will leave this podcast and say, okay, I have these tools in my mind. I'm going to have this conversation with my partner, with my kids, with my youth group, with my congregation. Um, and we're going to together come up with solutions that's going to work. Um, so really see this as something you can enjoy and participate in as a community um, so that you can look at where do you go from here. That's great, Debbie. And that really encompasses a lot of what brought the three of us together. Um, myself coming from a very different perspective, being a, a single person who has dated, has used the dating apps that Debbie spoke of, happens to be in a relationship right now, but has come in and out of relationships and um, done like the whole app dating uh, for a few years, still asking the question, okay, coming out of purity culture, where do I go from here? Mm. And connecting with Lindsay, uh, who is on the other side of the world to us over in the US. Debbie and I are in Melbourne, Australia. And Lindsay coming at it with a whole different set of experiences. Briefly, Lindsay, could you introduce yourself and what brought you to this podcast and joining us? Yeah, so I born and raised in the middle of America and very much of an evangelical Christian experience. And purity culture has definitely been embedded in this. And the thing that has been, been interesting to me is the fact that um, initially the teachings of purity culture, at least in my head, I feel like, oh, okay, this is something that was really strong throughout like my teens and my early college years, but it doesn't really have an impact today. But the thing is, is that it does. And while it's not uh, directly being preached at me in youth group and church anymore, but it's still something that is uh, permeating my life, uh, my friends, other people that I know, and it's just a very pervasive thought process. So when Debbie mentioned a podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, I would be interested in this, especially um, I read pretty much every single late 90s, early 2000s, like Christian dating book that there was on the market. 
Mm. more for research just because I was fascinated. But um, yeah, I wanted to see what it was that everyone was telling us to do, what were all these different perspectives. And it was very much of a like perverse sense of curiosity. And the thing that I find really interesting is um, I've had a different faith journey than I thought I would. And I feel like the word deconstruction is massively overused, but I do identify with a lot of it, but I still would consider myself a person of faith. And that's still very much relevant to my life. But at least at this point where I am in my mid thirties, it's very much, uh, I know many people who are like, this is what we grew up with and it is no longer a part of my life. And I'm like, okay, cool. I get that. Um, it's still something that I am choosing for myself, but it doesn't look like what I thought it would. Mm. And I'm, I'm not always sure what I want it to look like in the future. So a lot of this conversation wraps up in that. And I'm very curious to see um, where we will go with that and what we can learn from each other and from the people who listen to this podcast. Yeah, that's great, Lindsay. The reason why we wanted to do this podcast is not only to connect with other people who are asking the question, where do I go from here? But for us as well, our own curiosity of going, we we need to gain further insights and more perspectives to answer the question for ourselves of where do we go from here? Uh, and we figured that journey would be interesting to more than just us. We wanted to talk to mm. different um, professionals, psychologists, theologians, even pastors, uh, other people who have been along this journey and given thought, developed research around it to help us frame our own story and frame where we want our story to go. Doing that with an informed perspective or as informed as we can be at this moment in time. And uh, so here you're listening to three women who have three very different lives, very different perspectives, and we're so excited to join together. No, we don't all land on the same page on everything. Mm. We're not going to have the same opinions. But isn't that the beauty of what this should be and that we can still come alongside each other, love one another, share each other's burdens and be with one another as we figure out where do we go from here. As a mother, in Debbie's case, and for Lindsay's and myself as um, people who are single and potentially dating and engaging in other parts of life as well. Yeah, I, I think this is an opportunity for us to learn also how to talk to each other yeah. when we don't have full agreement on some things and to, to learn how to listen with empathy and humility. I feel like that for me, the, the humility was so missing in the way purity culture um, operated. There was no humility. It was, this is what is right. We are going to just hit you over the head with it over and over again. And I think even though all of these people spoke about it explicitly, that humility is important and you know, only God is right and only the Bible is true, there is an implication. There are, there, are, there are truths that were implied that were not from a place of humility. Um, Do you think that that possibly that that came about due to people wanting 
mostly kids in teens, young adults, uh, to be a little bit afraid that they they pursued it with overconfidence. Because I sometimes think about how when I'm stepping into something that's new or I'm not too sure, I sometimes bring myself to overcompensate in tone because I want people to take me seriously, but I also want to bring a point home or I want them to listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. So I sound more confident than I mean it to because if I come across with more of a humble tone or a more vulnerable tone. Like I think people, they view humility and vulnerability kind of within the same line and you don't want to show those. You want to show confidence and strength and we've got it all together. And even if we really don't, we're going to uh, bring that out there because we're so afraid that these teenagers are going to go out there with, you know, have all the sex and it's going to be terrible. And oh my gosh. Yeah, well, I think I think fear played a huge part in all of this. And I think that more than anything else, that's something for me, when I think as a mother, that's the thing I don't want present in this conversation with my kids. I want them, I want them to know what I believe and what and, and what I believe is the best way to live. I will, I will, with my children, I will have those conversations. But it's a long-range conversation. It's not a one conversation. And it's a conversation that's had within the context of, son, it's still your life. And you will still go out and make the choices that you are going to make. And I don't have control over how you make those choices. And I feel like there's a position of needing to let go that I think was hard in the 80s and 90s. So I think, I think our parents very much wanted um, us to just have pain-free lives. I think that's normal. Yeah. I think our youth pastors, our pastors, they didn't want us to experience heartbreak instead of maybe seeing the way heartbreak could have actually really transformed our lives uh, for the better. Yeah. Jess, would you say that it's important for us to look back at what we've done or is that necessary to move forward or what is your perspective on that? That's a really good question. And it's a question that, I mean, we're, we're kind of asking it in a rhetorical sense on this podcast because we really do, all three of us feel very strongly that it is important to, if we are going to move forward from purity culture for those of us who feel affected by it or just influenced by it, that, that it forms part of our story coming out of these experiences I know, I don't know about you, but I've heard and the three of us have heard a lot of people saying, just get over it, just Mm. move on. That was 20 years ago. That was 10 years ago. Just get over it. And that's so dismissive. (laughs) It's very dismissive. That's right. But it also, (laughs) that doesn't help you move on. Mm. What we want to do with this podcast is... We don't want to indefinitely go on, you know, demonizing individuals or bashing movements or, you know, criticizing to the nth degree all of the motivations of every single influencer within purity culture. But we do think it's important to understand some of our own pain Mm. and to ask questions around that. And in understanding our own pain, understanding why did this hurt me? And 
acknowledging that pain that we feel. And you know what? You know, people could apologize to you for it. It's been widely publicized now that Joshua Harris has apologized for his book that was already, that's old information over a year old. And that didn't fix me, it didn't fix anyone. Because we do have to take responsibility over our own lives. But we do want to acknowledge the pain that purity culture caused for us. And for people who are listening to this podcast who feel that, yes, I really want to move on. I, yes, I desperately want to get on with my own life. But I need to know that I'm not alone in feeling this way, Mm. in feeling like this hurts. And that is another reason why in this podcast, we are going to start the conversations and start, especially our first season, kind of deep diving into some of that, I'm going to call it trauma. Some of the trauma that those of us who experience purity culture are um, are processing now into adulthood, into our late 20s, 30s and beyond, processing how we feel about these messages of what we were told about our bodies, what we were told about our minds, our thoughts, our hearts, um, whether we were told we were essentially a single-use product, you know, with metaphors in church. And this isn't even going into instances of sexual abuse and that we've all heard of being kind of brought into the purity culture aftermath and dissection. We're just talking about the kind of more common experience of purity culture that many of us share. We want to acknowledge that. We want to create a safe space for people to vent that emotion. And we also want to put to you uh, and put before this community that we're wanting to develop different people who can speak to that, who can give insights and give us wisdom and perspective on how we move forward and where do we go from here. Yeah, I think it's worth saying that for those of you who are listening, uh, your stories are safe with us. Uh, We want to be Mm. a people and a community whom you can trust uh, with these hard parts of your life. And we do believe that our past has an impact on us. Mm. Um, And that process of taking ownership of our lives, I think it's sweeter when we can do it together. I love that. That's beautiful. We're getting all emotional over here at the recording (laughs) of this episode. But it's true. And um, yeah, we are so excited to, to be going on this journey. And we hope that you will join us. This is obviously just the very beginning if even as you've listened to us talk so far, you've um, had had any kind of response or reaction, please let us know. You can contact us at where do we go pod on Instagram and Twitter. Where do we go pod? And I will say that we have sounded pretty mellow on this, but uh, I think purity culture has evoked a lot of angry reactions, frustration, and those are welcome too. Um, Mm -hmm. People Mm -hmm. are welcome to rage on about that because it's legitimate. And that is a space that we are holding for all of those reactions as well. Um, We will be ranting later. At least I will be. So, yeah, (laughs) that's great. Um, And yeah, I think all of the raging and ranting, it's totally, it's all the more validated if you feel that no one has listened to you and no one has validated how you felt. Um, Or acknowledge that it's real and that like this happened to you. Yeah. 
Yeah. So welcome to the journey. We are just at the beginning. We hope that you'll stick with us as we go through. Lindsay, I wanted to ask you about thinking about a framework of having these conversations about where do we go from here in conjunction to still kind of holding to some kind of faith narrative, whether we'd want to call it Christianity or not. Um, we've seen people who have asked hard questions, apologized. One particular person comes to mind who recently announced on Instagram he was no longer a Christian and excommunicated himself. And I think a lot Can of people do that here... You excommunicate yourself? Sorry. <laughs> only, only if you're a pastor. Side issue. Um, but... A lot of people fear that asking hard questions is going to lead to just falling away. So you can't ask any kinds of questions. We're here as three women wanting to understand our stories um, and ask hard questions of, of our past and the things that we've experienced. But we, we still want to hold to faith in some way. Can you speak to that a little bit? I can. And this is something that you two may not agree with. Other people may not agree with, but at least from my perspective, uh, I am not concerned particularly about people falling away. I think if you're asking yourself that question, it's maybe not the right question because if you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to shake the foundations of what I believe, I would probably say, well, they possibly weren't that strong to begin with. You may have had mm -hmm. a lot of doubt. Uh, maybe explore where that is going. And also, um, if what you believe is shaken what is bad about that? Where is that going to lead you? What are you afraid of? And these are a lot of questions I've asked myself because what my faith looks like at the age of 35 is far different from what it looked like um, at 28 or 22. And I think it's important to acknowledge that we, we are all coming from the perspective of people who still call ourselves Christians. Um, what that looks like for each of us in particular, I think there's some variance in that. And as someone who studied theology in college, I think that's a really beautiful thing. I think we spent a lot of time pointing out divisions in faith, uh, in Christianity, and also other world religions. We point out the ways that we mm. divide rather than the things that we share. And so I am interested in hearing from the perspective of people who have left faith, people who uh, don't know where they are, that, but we all have a lot of these shared experiences. And yeah, I would like to hear from the people who are perhaps more like me, who uh, they don't know what their faith looks like right now, but they know that they have one, but they don't know what it's going to look like in the future because what it looks like now is nothing like what you thought it would. So, um, big, big ball of confusion over here. Um, and I think the thing that is more perplexing to me is the fact that I'm totally okay with that 100%. Um, and I want to encourage other people to do the same, like, it's fine not to have it all figured out. That's not the goal. Uh, at least not in this lifetime, not for me. And the conversations of what your beliefs impact you with and the fact that we are all coming from a Christian perspective or at least framework because that is how we filter a lot of our thoughts and perspectives but yeah I do want to emphasize at least for my part I think it's important that or not important but 
all perspectives are welcome. But for the most part, we will be coming from the angle of people who still hold to Christianity. Yeah, I think it's worth saying that we can't be afraid of questions. I think questions can be asked. And anytime that we feel afraid to ask a question, it's very well worth interrogating that fear. Yeah. Why? Why do we feel afraid about asking that question? Because I don't have my apologetics memorized. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know what I mean. Like in general, I think like this is a podcast that's not going to be afraid of those questions. Like, We're going to be fearless. We're going to try. It's a very, sorry, dangerous statement to say we'll be fearless, dangerous. So we're about ready to wrap up for our first episode. We wanted to keep this one short to just really introduce you to the spirit of what we're trying to do here. As of next week, we're going to be jumping right into interviewing some incredible people um, that have been kind enough to give us an, an hour or two of their time. Uh, but just before we wrap up, I'm going to ask both of you, and I'll also answer this question, why, um, slightly differently, um, Lindsay, why would uh, someone who's single want to listen to this podcast? As someone who is single, <laughs> uh, this is a good question for me to answer. I think because, again, this is not intended to be prescriptive, and if there's one thing that churches in particular, but I would say a lot of society does not have room for is unpartnered people. Uh, mm. Once you reach a certain age, whatever that is, and that differs from place to place, pe like people don't know what to do with you. And I would say you are welcome here. Uh, you can, you are one whole person yourself. You're not half and the other half of your self is wandering around somewhere out in the mm. world. And I think we'll be going over a lot of identity, a lot of fears, a lot of what does dating look like? Uh, Jess, you ventured out into the dating apps. I did it like once and then I was like, uh, uh, not again. So uh, if people want to encourage me to get back out there, I would love it. <laughs> I think we'll do at least one episode just on that of you and I discussing that. I think that would be great. Dating I feel like we could do an episode. Jess. Yeah. But not telling you what to do. <laughs> not, telling not telling you what to do. Let's throw it over to Debbie now. As a parent, Debbie, you are part of this conversation and we love that. And you know what? Even though I'm not a parent myself, maybe one day I will be, but I love that we're having this conversation mm. in our different life stages and that you're coming alongside us uh, in our singleness, in our unparentedness, and we're coming alongside you as yeah. a parent as well. Yes. So as a parent, why would you encourage other parents to listen to where do we go from here? Um, I truly believe, look, everybody believes that every generation is unique and stands out from everything else. But I maintain that my children's generation are the first one to live with the level of technology that, uh, that they are going to have, that they already have. So my kids... Uh, they've grown up in a home with smartphones, with iPads. They've grown up in a world where they can ask any question of Google that they want and get an answer within a second. And I think that opens up really new territory when it comes to just relating to people. I don't even mean like dating and sex. I'm not talking about that. Just relating to people looks different today 
than it used to. And so I think there's a need for a nuanced conversation. I think technologically um, literate, a technologically literate generation has an ability for nuance that is different from generations in the past just because their own world is kind of a little bit broader, it's more global, and they're exposed to tons of different beliefs in their first six or eight years of life uh, in a way that was very different from how I grew up. So I really want to be the person shaping what that conversation looks like for them. And I think parents who grew up with the world being one way, we can engage with a new world from a place of fear very easily because it's unfamiliar to us. And I don't want that for us. I want us to be parents who can look with hope to our children's future and who can look to their future with hope, not because of our incredible parenting techniques, but just because we can choose to have hope instead of fear. It can be that simple. So that's why. Excellent. And I'm thinking about um, some other people. Maybe you're divorced, um, you've had uh, broken relationships, mm. broken marriages, um, and I, I don't mean to equate these groups because they're not, they, they're not adjacent, but people who identify as LGBTQI, we also want to hear from you guys and we want to have conversations. Even though we're three women who identify as straight, we also want to create space for people who um, have a different sexual orientation to also feel like they can have a safe space here. And we want to learn better. How do we love one another, um, no matter our sexual orientation and our preferences in that way as well. If you're a pastor or a youth group leader or somebody involved in Christian ministry, you might be looking to how you can work within your congregation to have these conversations that are humble, not fearful, and generous. And so we hope that these podcast episodes will be tools for you to use as well. I think um, it is really important to address questions of power imbalances, what the role of authority is in people's lives, so that this new generation of Christians grow up with a sense of personal responsibility for their choices, so that they know like this wasn't foisted on me by somebody else, but I made a choice, I made a decision, and I'm gonna live with the results of that decision, whatever those results may be. I think we need to be equipping people in that direction. And so if you're a pastor, youth group leader, looking for guidance on that, we hope that this podcast will provide you with tools as well, or at least a way to listen to a diverse group of voices different from the ones you're already listening to. So we invite you guys to tune in and join us. And as the podcast continues, we want to be interviewing a diversity of people and experts on these issues. And so we want to be addressing issues that concern the spectrum of our listeners. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole breadth of experience out there. Thanks so much for listening to the first episode of Where Do We Go From Here? We hope you'll come back next week when we will be talking about the word purity. Is it even biblical? Is it the word God uses to talk about sexual decisions? In the meantime, hit that subscribe button or follow button on your podcasting app so you'll be sure to have it lined up when it drops next week. And do leave us a review if you can. We would really love that. Now, it's your turn. Did something in today's episode spark a question in your mind? Is there something from purity culture that you are angry about? 
Is it time to start talking about these things with someone you trust? Maybe with a friend or someone in your community. Maybe with your partner, youth or young adults group. We hope that this podcast will become a tool for you and your community as we all decide, where will you go from here?